may be seated to hear our reading for today. Our reading is recorded for us in 2 Samuel chapter 9. It requires a little bit of um, preface so that we understand the context of this. It's one of the great stories that we find in the Bible that teaches us something so important about our faith. The, um, back about 1,100 years before the time of Jesus, the first king that Israel was given was Saul. And then uh, because of his falling away from the faith and his wickedness, God anointed young David, probably a teenager at the time, to be the next king. And Saul, the first king, discovered this, found out about this, and pursued David to try to kill him. One of David's, or excuse me, one of Saul's sons, Jonathan, befriended David and actually helped him to escape, knowing that his father was doing something so wicked. Saul has now finally died, and David is now on the throne. It's not a, it was not uncommon back then, and we still hear about this today, that when a, a regime changes, um, sometimes the, the new family coming in will exterminate and kill off all of the, the generation of people from the previous royal family. Uh, we see this with dictators. This happened, uh, happens in the Middle East frequently. And sometimes when a regime is about to fall and there's a coup, the children of the dictator or whomever is about to be overthrown, they will try to flee the country and get out for their lives because they know that quite often they'll be put to death. So this is now the setting. David is uh, the new king on the throne, and David is now um, about to, uh, as he takes the throne, wants to deal graciously instead with the family before him, the family of Saul. So we hear these words from 2 Samuel chapter 9. Now David said, is there still anyone who's left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? That was his friend, the son of Saul. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. Uh, this man named Mephibosheth had uh, been dropped as a child as someone was trying to escape the palace and because of that uh, now had been handicapped the rest of his life. Then King David sent and brought him. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. 
These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. So we see here in this story that King David acts in a totally different way, unexpected from the way typically a, a new regime would take over. Quite often there's a sense of vengeance against the family, especially Saul's family. As Saul himself had tried to pursue and kill David, and uh, many people in the annals of history probably would have thought it would be just fair game for David to go after Saul's relatives. And uh, typically that was, that was very not, not very uh, uncommon at the time. But King David knows the words of God, that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so to flip this whole thing on its head, David does the complete opposite. He instead chooses to show kindness. In fact, he seeks out an opportunity to show kindness. He says, is there not still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Isn't that interesting? To whom I might show the kindness of God. Now notice something here about David in the heart of David. We know David is a sinful man. We've got other stories in the Bible that clearly show his evil and wickedness like all of us. And yet by faith, he trusted in the coming Christ, actually one of his own ancestors, through whom he would be rescued and saved from all of his sins. Uh, when Christ, his, his uh, following seed, would go on to, to uh, go to the cross for all of us. But David knows this compassion of a merciful God who is going to send this Messiah into the world. And it's interesting here that, that he, he not only has a sense of this compassion from God, but it causes him to look for an opportunity to show mercy. That's what's really interesting. It, it causes him, his heart gets stirred up by the mercy of God so that he now wants to go and show mercy. The Hebrew word here is a very interesting one, kesed Elohim, the mercy, the compassion of God. Uh, sometimes it's translated in your Bibles as loving kindness. And so David sees himself as a recipient of God's kindness and mercy to him, a sinner, that he would get to go to heaven. And he now wants to look for an opportunity to demonstrate that compassion to someone else. So not only is David full of thoughts of love, but he looks for a way to show that love. And this is reflective of how God is toward us. God not only just felt love in his heart for you, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. God took action. He sought a way to rescue you and me from our sins so that we could be in heaven someday. St. Paul would later describe that mercy like this. He said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich. So God not only has sympathy and empathy in his heart for us, but it stirs his heart to seek a way to rescue us and to help us and to demonstrate that mercy in our lives. Now, this is a true historical account in the life of David, but there's something kind of almost like a metaphor inside of it for us regarding how God looks at us and how he would like us to treat others. David could merely have felt sympathy for this man and uh, by just not killing him the way many regimes would have done, but he goes a step further. He calls him to his side 
Um, Mephibosheth, as he comes to his side, even refers to himself as a dead dog, knowing he doesn't deserve anything. But he calls him to his side and chooses now to not only show him compassion, but to grant him the position of living in the palace and to give him the, the, the amazing situation where he gets to eat at the king's table. But what a picture that is for you and me as believers in Christ. That's what God has done for us. Not only has he granted us the, the wonderful future of getting to live in the palace of heaven someday, but even right now in our lives, he invites us to come to his table and to receive our Savior's body and blood so that the compassion that God has in his heart toward you and me can be visibly and, and tasted on our mouths constantly. What a precious gift we have from God. And this was all stirred up in him because of his great compassion for us. Now those who have benefited from this compassion and mercy of God that we know we don't deserve, we're like dead dogs, okay? We don't deserve this. But those of us who have been, had our hearts touched by this compassionate mercy of God will will not just have a sense of compassion in ourselves, but it will cause us to seek out ways, seek out opportunities. Ever think about that? That you can look for opportunities to show the mercy of God in our lives? That we can try to find somebody, maybe on this campus or maybe out in the community, try to actually find some way to seek out a way that this, this tremendous grace we get from God that's going to take us right through the gates of heaven someday, that somehow we can reflect that into the lives of the people around us. Is there not still someone to whom I may show the kindness of God? Amen. And let us rise for prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, you have been so kind and compassionate to us sinners that you sent your Son to be our Redeemer. You have canceled all of our sins against you, and you have given us the holy, perfect record of your Son in, in that place so that we can have the positive hope, a for sure hope, of going to heaven someday. And we pray that this wonderful truth would stir up our hearts as your dear children to show love and kindness and compassion for those who are less fortunate in our world and in our society and maybe even right here on our campus. We pray that you would keep us in this faith that we someday may stand in your presence forevermore with all of your saints in glory. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go now in his peace. Amen.